It's about the person, not the subject matter. Yeah. It's the yeah. point of view. My love is conditional. Let me explain to you. I knew this girl, and she had a tattoo of a Thanksgiving dinner on her tum-tum. And when I say Thanksgiving dinner, it's exactly what you'd think, okay? It's exactly what you're picturing, which is ironic because she's vegan. But I thought it was cool that she had it because I thought that was like an eccentric, funny thing to do. I like when people really commit to absurdity, okay? I find that inspiring. I like that in people. Uh, And I like that when people like that in me. And so... I thought it was cool that she had that, but I got a text from her one day chastising me because she heard that I was going to get a Dave Chappelle tattoo. And she texted me and was like, uh, that's horrifying, but if you want to get that, I guess I'll support that. And in my head, I was like, uh, fuck you. You have a Thanksgiving dinner tattoo on your stomach because my love is conditional. But that's how conditional I am, is that I liked her eccentricities when I thought she liked my eccentricities. And I don't know if that makes me shallow or not. Anyway, haven't spoken to her since. Today my guest is Ivan Decker. He's been on Conan. He's an amazing stand-up comedian, arguably the best in the country, and soon to be the best in America, too, I think. I think he's unstoppable. He is not a self-saboteur like a lot of artists I know are who are brilliant. And I produced his album, I Wanted to Be a Dinosaur. You should check that out on Spotify or actually purchase it on iTunes. He also sells it at shows. He also just opened for Ricky Gervais in Vancouver, and this was recorded before that. Please check it out. And while you're at it, check out my band, Fake Sharks, album for real on Spotify. Why not? Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, sorry. Sorry. Okay, okay, here we go. But sometimes because you've memorized where things are. Yeah, and you can use the mountains as like, uh, like yeah. Generally, the mountains are north, depending yeah. on where you are. Yeah. But I'll go also by like the lay of the land. Like uphill to me is like south. <laughs> okay. Because the water is north. You have your Vancouver tricks to keep you uh, situated. Yeah, but then it's wrong because sometimes I'll be like you know on the other side of a hill. <laughs> And then I'll assume that uphill is like, yeah, oh, yeah that goes back to. Like if there's a, if I have to just guess left or right, 100% of the time I'll choose the wrong direction. I'm like that every time I walk out of the door of a hotel room. You're, yeah. I will inevitably walk to the end of a dead end hall mm-hmm. and then be like, okay, the elevator's the other way. Yeah, me too. If I get off the elevator and I have to guess which way my room is, 100% of the time I choose the ro- the wrong way. Yeah. Yeah. I also am notorious for locking my hotel room key in my room <laughs> and taking the hotel room key from yesterday <laughs> yeah. to the gig. Because you're I on get tour. Back. <laughs> I'm on tour and like yeah. yesterday's hotel room key will be in my pocket and then I'll yeah. get back and I'll try to, it won't work. Yeah. I'll go to the desk and be like, oh yeah, I'm an idiot and I have the wrong key. Uh, yeah. And then they're like, we need ID and stuff. And I'm like, 
I don't have that either. That's also in the room. <laughs> All I'm wearing is my suit. I have nothing in my pockets. I'm just going. I just went and told jokes. And wow, you travel back. with no ID. Well, I'll leave everything in my room when I'm doing like if the gig, especially if the gig is in the hotel or nearby. Yeah. Yeah. Because I don't like to have. You know, valuable stuff on you. I don't like taking a bag. You also don't like people when you're on stage to see your wallet bulge in your pocket. Yeah, yeah, it's like a bad look. That. And and so, you know, that's why kind of why I like wearing a suit because then mm-hmm. you can wear. You have the the jacket pockets, which are fairly yeah, you know, invisible. Do Although you, now suits are getting tighter. It's a lot harder to hide a gun in there. Yeah, I know. Like which, in the fifties, all the detectives they had those like shoulder holsters, which is your encore. Yeah. I like to come out and shoot a gun off. Into the, uh, <laughs> you just aim that's, it at that's the That's why crowd. I'm moving to the United States. <laughs> yeah. Just to make that easier. You love the gun laws over there. Yeah. Right. You know, over there, in Canada, if you pull a gun out and start shooting it into the air, you're a, you're a terrorist. Yeah. In America, you're a patriot. Exactly. It's all about, you know, it's the right to bear arms. Yeah. I think that's fair. You know, I, and, and living in Vancouver, I feel like the clouds deserve it. They deserve to be shot at. <laughs> that's why it rains so much. The clouds have too much confidence. Yeah, let's shoot them. No one's shooting the... That's why Texas is a desert. You think it's because of the globe? No, it's because people shoot guns into the sky. The clouds the, know better. Dude, all the clouds are dead over there. The clouds are like, stay away. <laughs> Those guys will shoot stay you. Stay away from Texas. Yeah. They kill clouds over there. Yeah, Vancouver, no. Everybody's... There's no guns going off into the sky here. This guy is from Ghana. Okay. He quit making music for 25 years, and now Eric Andre has resurrected his career by talking about him in every interview, (laughs) and now he's doing sold-out shows at South by Southwest. Wow. That's pretty great. I play a lot of hot garbage music on this show, but I for real just think this sounds awesome. Yeah, it's good. Kind of sounds like they use the same audio palette as Mortal Kombat for the Sega Genesis. Yeah, like I think this this I've, I think I heard this on a cassette tape in a in a breakdance class I took at the rec center. I I love the idea of you because I know you took martial arts classes. I like the idea of you taking off your gi and putting on your fingerless gloves and <laughs> and rhinestone studded hat and walking across the the hall of the mall to take your breakdancing class. Yeah. It was all in the same. It was a fast pass system. It was just whatever was happening at the rec center that yeah. weekend. Well, your nickname is Electric Boogaloo. Is that correct? <laughs> yes, I'm an Electric Boogaloo Decker. <laughs> Did you have any nicknames growing up? Um, mostly just pejoratives, standard pejoratives. Yeah. For homosexuals. <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I meant. <laughs> I feel like there was some Rocky Four references in your past. Right? Not really, because I no didn't. No Ivan Drago you know. references. I wish. Maybe yeah. if I was a taller boy. <laughs> You're a pretty tall boy. I wasn't a tall boy though until like uh, senior year. Yeah. Or, like junior. Like uh, all through ninth, tenth, uh, mm-hmm. and eighth grade, it was like I was five foot. Five, four. You're just dwarfed by all the Amazonian women in yeah. your in your seventh grade class. Yeah, exactly. Like I I left elementary school mm-hmm. and started uh, high school. Mm-hmm. We just had a straight eight through twelve high school. Okay, so no junior senior high. But uh, yeah, it was like I was the shortest 
person in my <laughs> really in my eighth grade class, like out of everybody, girls, boys. There was one girl who had like a bone disease that was shorter <laughs> than me. <laughs> like she like didn't have knees, I think, and she was shorter uh, than I'll me. I'll make you short. <laughs> but other than her, yeah. Other than no knees, Kathy. <laughs> yeah, and you just picked on her constantly. Uh, yeah, she was the only one I could bully. Yeah, <laughs> you still do. She thought we were flirting. It was great. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're married now. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, and then it was weird because yeah, like grade, like grade ten, mm-hmm. I just like shot up to my current height, which is like five eleven. Yeah, we that happened to me too for some reason. Mm-hmm. Is that why is that? How come? Because I, I remember in eighth grade, every girl was taller than me. Yeah, yeah. And then I, and then I'm six three now, and that happened in tenth grade. I have like stretch marks from growing too quickly. And your pregnancy. Yeah, and right. that they based the movie Junior on you. But it was a lot of uh, a lot of leg cramps. You yeah, know, your legs are growing. You, I remember your bone. that. And I was such an idiot. Because I believed propaganda that I would like get up in the middle of the night when my legs hurt and go like drink milk. And oh, yeah? Like, oh, yeah, that'll make me feel better. I'm like, you wanted to be super tall. Well, it's just stupid because milk is not even... <laughs> the whole idea of calcium in milk is propagated by the dairy industry. Right. Because there's more calcium in a piece of salmon than like a jug of milk. But somehow people only believe that milk is where calcium comes from. Man, a bunch of liars, those dairy farmers. Yeah, come on. You've already got cheese. Why you gotta be greedy? <laughs> Why you gotta be greedy and try to get us to drink the leftovers of yeah. making cheese? Man. Just make cheese and that'll be it. We're, we all love cheese, dairy farmers. <laughs> You've had it too good for too long with your goddamn cheese water. <laughs> That's what milk's called now? Yeah, I, I refer to milk as cheese water. It's a byproduct of cheese. <laughs> what about ice cream? Frozen cheese uh, ice. Yeah. Frozen cheese water. <laughs> Yo. So this guy, do you know Hopson? Yeah, I know Hopson. This is his newest video. Isn't he a flat earther? Is he one of the flat earthers? I would not be surprised. He was also a cast member of That's So Raven when he was a child. Nice. But he's very critical of other rappers' quality and lyrics. Yes. He thinks Tyler the Creator sucks. He thinks um, Frank Ocean is weak. So he's a real Gallagher? <laughs> he's the Gallagher of the hip-hop scene. But this is his new video. What is this? <laughs> Wait, this came out in t- 2018? This came out three months ago. How is he not being sued? Yep. He's just, just he's still he's living off that That's So Raven money. Anyways, he's easy to see why he'd be critical of other people's yeah, of course. And concepts. He seems to be... Uh, this is kind of like... Um, a less conceptual R. Kelly trapped in the closet. A more somehow more racist version. It definitely very racist. <laughs> like, why would there be samurai swords in there? <laughs> He's like mixing up his Asian stereotypes. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't know. He's trying to give everyone wasabi. <laughs> yeah. 
He's in a massage parlor. Basically, this is a song. It's, it's called Happy Ending. It's about Hobson going and getting a happy ending at an Asian massage parlor. But he's drinking a Red Bull in a bar. Yeah. Um, you know, so you can really get amped for that happy ending he's going to get. Yeah. Actually, I think he's reminiscing about having gotten one with his white friends he's hanging out with here. <laughs> He's like the creepy guy who's like, you guys, you got to do it. Yeah, and everybody's yeah. like, no, that's not. Yeah. Why would you do that? And he's like, nah, you guys. And then he just like all of his friends were like, don't talk about that. <laughs> and then he was like, fine, I'll make a song about yeah, it. Yeah, he's like, they're like, that's not something to be proud of, Hopson. He's like, y'all know about Rub Maps? <laughs> Rub Maps? <laughs> I bet you that's an app. Is that a real app? I don't know if it's an app, but I do know it's a site. Rub Maps. <laughs> We're well, oh, going God. to America. That's an American site, so I just okay, gave you great. a nice tip. Oh, maybe I'll run into Hops in. <laughs> One of these. He's there right now. I mean, what a cool thing to brag about. Also, to just do the accent yourself yeah. for the chorus yeah. seems a little weird. You think he's trying to be shocking? I don't know what he's trying to be. Just a good musician. Yeah, better than better than Tyler the Creator, I guess. <laughs> hey, move over, Tyler. Yeah, this guy's got a real real uh, <laughs> accent that was funny in 1986, maybe. Yeah. yeah, if you're a fan of Breakfast at Tiffany's, <laughs> you'll love Hopson. The comedy stylings of racist accent man. <laughs> I imagine that you deal with that being a comic and just having because every crowd that goes to see what you do thinks that they could probably do it too yeah so i imagine because i'm just a i'm just an idiot getting mad about (laughs) yelling about soup you know yeah exactly um so i imagine you probably have people coming up after shows to you and being like oh you should tell this racist joke yeah all the time or even just like un not even a joke. They'll just be like, you don't know why the soup's too hot because of all those <laughs> whatever's moving here. I'm like, I don't think that's... Were you talking to Hobson? <laughs> yeah, he came up to me after a show. He was giving you some joke advice? And he was like, you do the accent, bro. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, you're not squinting enough. Okay, yeah. hold these chopsticks. Yeah, me and Yuli Guriel are going out later. <laughs> now, on the other side of the spectrum... Is this Tezonde? This is not Tezonde, although I think Hobson is the new Tezonde. <laughs> See, I like I like when this is this is called "Losing You" by a singer named Jan Terry. How old is this? This it, it uh, looks like the intro to a it, '90s sitcom. This is a ni- this is from '93. Okay. So she's a middle-aged woman pulling up to a, a huge venue in a limo. That's her. This is her singing. Hold on. What? That's her? Yeah. What? What is that? <laughs> that's, her, that's her luggage, bro. Okay. Or do you mean that about her? No, like her... I don't know. That... that whoa. <laughs> that's her singing right now? Yeah. I, you know... Jan Terry. I just want to know the backstory. Um, yeah, like, here's... That's her singing. Yeah. Okay, so this is my... I'm going to guess her bio. Okay. Jan Terry Mm -hmm. used to... Babysit me. ...be (laughs) the officiator of a branded 
chili cook-off competition <laughs> in the southern states. Yeah? And she used to have to emcee those events. Oh, yeah. And through that, she discovered a passion it, for, for performing. For performing, and everyone was like, you such a beautiful and they voice. they said, you oh. should go and get a record deal. And so she used her chili cookout money yeah. to pay for studio time. And that is what got us this, this is, amazing... And, and here we are today. What was that Zoom? They were like zooming in on the no parking sign and then the last minute they were like, Oh, bird! <laughs> Get a shot of that bird! Yeah. I like her kind of Delta Burke style hair. Who's that boy she's with? Well, it's clearly a groupie. Is that Look Burt Reynolds? Amazing mullet. That is a great mullet. Yeah. Oh, he's got a motorcycle. It looks like She goes from the limo. From the limo to the back of a motorcycle. Hey, man, that's how rock stars do Look it. Look at that old, that's an RX-7. That's an 89 first-gen RX-7. There it is again. <laughs> it's obviously somebody's car that is, like, working on you gotta this a, video. You gotta have a cool car in your video, Ivan. But it's not even, like, fully in. Or maybe there were just a lot of them around back then. That looks like a car Tom Selleck would lend to his ex-wife. Yeah. Yeah, like a Nissan 350Z. Yeah. A lot of aerial shots of this guy on his motorcycle. But, but don't you have questions about the budget and where it came from? Because if you listen, <laughs> yes. there's a, a shredding guitar solo. And in early 90s, you would have had to hire a, a session musician to do that. That's true. Like, this kind of sounds like it's inspired by the Top Gun soundtrack, maybe? Like, yeah. And it was also, like, must have been after they'd invented... Like, maybe this was just an experiment in autotune. To be like, how... Yeah. Well, can we make it work? <laughs> She's the Rebecca, Rebecca Black of yeah, 93. Of her day. Yeah. Yeah. They were like, we need something to correct these kind of problems. When, did this, it. when did this air? The 93 CD Baby Blues JT Records. But it wasn't easy back then to get your album put out. Now anyone can do it from their bedroom. Yeah. Where did she, like... Even $50 for that limo rental I'm impressed by. Yeah. Well, she had a lot of chili money. <laughs> and babysitting the money. The guy's handing her bags. He's just dropping her off, like, outside a park. Well. Look at how far she has to walk to the venue. He should be helping her carry the... Oh, she's the airport. Oh, she's the airport. Mm -hmm. United Airlines paid for this. Clearly flying to the next venue. Yeah. She's on tour, man. Is she? I don't know. She was riding a motorcycle in that city. Maybe she just flew there to ride that motorcycle. We don't really understand anything that's happened <laughs> in this video. All we know is that she went to the airport. It's like she took the video that should have been <laughs> for leaving on a jet plane. Yeah. But then just repeated, I don't want to lose you. Yeah. She was like, you know what the problem is with that video? It wasn't literal enough. <laughs> with its imagery. Hey, I love a good literal music oh, video. Oh, me too. If you make a music video of what's happening in the song, I'm yeah. stoked. Yeah, I'm into that too. Like the the Devil Went Down to Georgia mm -hmm. video, mm -hmm. the Primus, have you seen that? Yeah, it, it, it's like Tom Waits Claymation. also in Yeah, I think Tom Waits plays the devil. Yeah. It's amazing. I didn't know you like Primus, that's awesome. Yeah. I love I, Primus. There was, I had this Primus VHS tape. Videoplasty. And as a, as a bonus, that was at the end, that Devil Went Down to Georgia video. I think I have it up and here. And this was back in the days of, like, bonus... Bonus was, like, you actually had to wait for it to come on. It was just on the tape, like, way later. Was it, was it like with this tape? It was that tape! That's the tape! <laughs> yes, you have it! Oh, my God, I can't believe it. Yeah, behind-the-scenes footage. 
delve deep into the lives of these three renaissance men. So did you get into Primus via South Park? No, I was into, I don't know how, I think it was my brother yeah. was into it. This was in like probably 99, 2000. Okay. I had okay. the CD uh, Antipop. Good album. I loved it. Yeah, that's a good album. Each song on that album had a different producer. So like Matt Stone and Trey Parker produced a song. Really? Yeah, Tom Morello did. Stuart Copeland from The Police. Fred Durst. Really? Yeah. Dursty boy. The old Dursty guy. Down and Dursty. Getting down and Dursty. That's his podcast. Devil went down to Dursty. <laughs> Bodacious. I remember that being a good song. Oh, yeah. It was about a horse. No, it was about a bull. Oh, yeah. And Tough Hedeman. It was like, I learned a lot about the bullfighting world just from that song. Because apparently Bodacious was an actual bull. Okay. That was like a monster. Yeah. Nobody could make it to the bell or whistle or whatever it is. Wow. Well, you know what's interesting is Primus is the band that made me want to play bass. Yeah, so that was my first Les Claypool's amazing. Yeah, so it's funny, like, the first stuff I learned was Primus, which is way out of my skill level still. Yeah, plays a six-string fretless bass. Yeah, yeah, and his favorite bass player is Geddy Lee from Rush. His fingers are strong enough to break a mason jar, <laughs> no thumb. <laughs> Speaking of high school influences, this was the other band that made me want to start a band. You know Mindless Self-Indulgence? No. I think you'll like them based on your love of anime and... Okay. What, why is he putting on panties? People throw stuff on stage and he just wears it. This is my favorite high school band. And then when the old version of my band, Fake Shark Real Zombie, started, they brought us on tour. And it was really? the biggest deal, yeah. Oh my god, that's amazing. Yeah, and then he sang on our... On an album of ours. Wow. We did like a Fresh Prince style song as if it was for bad kids. <laughs> it's called After School Special. That's amazing. Yeah. But these guys opened for like. I mean, there's nothing like them, so having them open was always kind of weird. So they opened for like Corn and then the next tour, Insane Clown Posse. Yep. And they just got garbage thrown at them all the time. And then slowly develop their own fan base with like no video or radio play yeah so their fan base are like you know lifers yeah I love that that's great yeah and that bass player Lindsay is married to the singer of My Chemical Romance ah yeah he's doing the old double microphone yeah I don't know if you know this but that makes it twice as loud (laughs) (laughs) I knew I was gonna get some good performing (laughs) advice from this interview (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what was your first uh, uh, CD or tape or record? Um, I can't really remember, but I know I think my first tape was Weird Al Bad Hair Day. Ooh, good one. Was that the one with Coolio? Yeah. The Coolio song? Yeah. Gangsta's Paradise? Amish Paradise. Right. Some great ones on there. Mm-hmm. Everything You Know Is Wrong. Classic. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also had a... Uh, Green Day Dookie on tape. What a great album. Yeah, it was very good. That album has my favorite ever bass tone. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's like it's like a gritty punk rock bass tone, but it, it worked in on a mainstream record. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's just, just beautiful tones on that record. And I went back and, and got some of their like other albums. Stuff. Like, I think I bought like every Green Day album after I had... Yeah. Once we made the jump to CD, because CDs came out like shortly after I 
So I think those were the only two tapes mm-hmm. I had, and then yeah. CDs came out. And I think the first CD I bought was the Mortal Kombat the movie soundtrack. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> and then after that, I bought like a bunch of Green Day CDs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I learned that Welcome to Paradise appeared on an earlier album before it was on Dookie. Oh okay. So it must have been one of their like it was like probably their closer, or maybe it was a single before. I don't really know, but. You know, I found it strange that it was on two albums. Yeah, um, I think Basket Case is maybe the most get stuck in your head catchy vocal part ever. Yeah, it's it. You know what I mean? Like, can you write a catchier vocal than that? Like, it's it's which part? It do you have the time? Yeah, yeah. And he kind of had like a fake British accent, which I love. It's it's on par with Proclaimers. I would walk ten thousand miles as far as getting stuck in your head. Yeah. That is the song. But then there was what was the other one? Brain, Brain Stew. Is that the one that was like really like? My mouth is dry, <laughs> sense it dull. That's the point. And that was the song that like everybody learned to play on guitar because yeah. it was just a power chord that slid down the neck. Oh man, the um, Dookie had a secret song, and that was the first time I ever knew about a secret song. Yeah, that's it was right. So cool. Speaking of secret songs, Dookie did it, and I had it on tape again. Yeah, so you had to let the tape play. Yeah, and you just did it by accident one time, and you're like, "What?" Yeah, and then I remember the CD when the CD came out. I was like, "How's the secret song gonna work on CD? <laughs> is it gonna have its own track?" And it's like, "No, the last track is just 12 minutes long." <laughs> yeah, you know, it's uh, was the cooler, even cooler version of that was the X Files soundtrack. If you press play on the first song and rewind it, it goes before the first song, and there's a secret Nick Cave song before the first what? song. Yeah, it's called Index Zero. I did not know that. Yeah, I, I didn't even do know that, that was possible. Yeah, like when it came out of the box. Yeah, like if you just put the CD in your CD player and rewind it, like you press play on the first song and rewind it, it goes beyond the first track. Oh, weird. It's like a minus count weird yeah yeah i had an old cd player that would say sorry when it skipped <laughs> it was a really polite yeah yeah it was, it was made it was in canada Canadian. yeah <laughs> <laughs> we both ate that low-hanging fruit at the same time gotta do it <laughs> gotta make that joke hey, i'm so conscious of it that in america i'm the rudest person yeah because i will not say sorry You're for anything overcompensating i overcompensate by never saying sorry there's no way this guy's from canada yeah Fuck that bio I read. I could tip over a fucking <laughs> stack of drinks and be like, excuse me. Excuse you. <laughs> Man, the Mortal Kombat soundtrack was so awesome. It was great. But I accidentally bought, I wanted it, and I accidentally bought this other CD that was music inspired by the game. It wasn't the soundtrack. Oh, no. And so there was a song that was like, Goro. <laughs> <laughs> what? What? That can't be real. Yeah, and then there was one that was like, He's got four arms. He likes to dance. <laughs> and there was a Sub-Zero one that was two like... Two ice cream cones and two <laughs> napkins. Four ice cream. Oh, yeah. Two, two ice cream cones, two napkins. <laughs> there was a song that was like... Um, about Sub-Zero, and it was like, Chinese Ninja Warrior. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. Yeah. You ever remember those days where you'd buy a CD and you'd be excited about it? And if it was bad, it was like, well, guess that's it for the next three months. Yeah. Yeah. That's all I could afford because CDs are $29. Yeah. It was like a bad meal at a restaurant. Yeah. You, if just, you didn't like a CD. It was like too bad. <laughs> I bought the uh, 
Do you remember the band SR71? No, who's that? They had this song, it was like a, a single, and it was like a really upbeat single called Right Now. Okay. So you can play a little bit of it. And I was a big fan of like Blink-182 and like all those other bands. Mm-hmm. And this was like their single that I liked because it was like really upbeat and it <laughs> sounded similar to like uh, no effects and that kind of thing. Okay. And so then... Like Warp Tour kind of Yeah, punk. exactly. Like yeah. Warp Tour punk. You'll see. Sounds exactly like Blink-182 so far. Yeah. So <laughs> I bought their CD... And, like, this whole... Everything about this is a fallacy. They don't play instruments. They were basically a boy band. So yeah. the, the rest of their album was, like, like boy band ballads. Mm. Like, slow, oh, sounded really? like the Backstreet Boys. And what I a bait and switch. It was a... Yeah, and I had their whole CD. I was like, what the hell is this? <laughs> I was so upset. My brother, like, made fun of me. He's like, what is this stupid music you're listening to? Oh, I know this song. Yeah, I remember this part. SR seventy one. Yeah, Blink one eighty two. It's totally like I don't know what the story is, but I'm guessing it's like a you know a studio execs manufactured after the success of Blink one eighty two. They were just like, oh, let's just make another. We'll get four modely boys. They had to have been on the second stage. And there's this video video is like an axe commercial. It's just girls chasing them around. Yeah, it's yeah. There's good. no way that guy's a drummer. Go back. Go back to that. Look at his face. That guy's an out of work LA actor. I think I saw him on an episode of X Files. That girl looks like Reese Witherspoon. Yeah, probably was. Oh, a nice Queen reference during yeah. the four-part harmony. Yeah. Oh, pop punk videos. Although he's trying to be a little sexier than your typical pop punker because he has leather pants on. Yeah, red vinyl. Like he kind of looks like he was in that band Lit. Yeah, Lit was good. I liked Lit. I always confuse Lit with Sum 41 because they both had the song that was like... Yeah. Stoning through the party like my name was El Nino. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, I miss these days when every video had a bunch of, like, hot schoolgirls in it. Yeah. And Gob. I liked Gob. Okay. So you kind of liked Warped Tour kind of music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess that's just what was popular in Ladner. And I was like a snowboarder boy. That I that I was my identity. That. Yeah? So I needed an identity like in high school. fashion-wise or like you were really in snowboarding? Well, I mean, yeah. It was all part of the character. So you wear like, you know, mm-hmm. all the clothes. And then you talk about it constantly. It right. was like the yoga of its day. You know? Yeah, yeah. You were just like a skateboard boy, and then <laughs> all you did was uh, wear baggy jeans and arson t-shirts that were $50. And you wore snowboarding boots off the slopes <laughs> also. Yeah, constantly. Snowboard pants, always. I put this on because I want to reminisce about the conversation me, you, and Dino had on the way to Pemberton. Do you remember it? Yeah, of it? course. Oh, I forgot this was from Batman. Dude, it wasn't at first... This is Kiss from Rose by Seal. Basically what happened was he wrote it and he threw it in the garbage. And he's like, this is trash. And his girlfriend, Heidi Klum at the time, yeah. was like, that is the best song you've ever written. He's like, I disagree. At best, it's a B-side. And so it came out in England first, flopped. Yeah. Then this movie came out, and I forget the name of the person that put together this soundtrack, but they did an amazing job. This whole soundtrack's phenomenal. Batman Forever? 
Yeah, because it has the best U2 song on it, Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it has a really cool Flaming Lips song on it. And yeah. And PJ Harvey and Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds and Method Man. Yeah. And um, Jim Carrey's in it as the Riddler. Of course. But what do you remember the conversation me and Dino had about <laughs> Yeah, because I heard <laughs> there was a comic who told me this. <laughs> He did it on stage, and no one questioned him then. And it was about how, like, he was watching some Heidi Klum documentary, <laughs> and then he started talking about Seal and how he got scars on his face because of an acid attack. <laughs> but I like it because you presented that like it was fact, and then Dina was like, "No, man, it was—he's a scientist." Or something. <laughs> yeah, he said he was a scientist, and some chemicals <laughs> exploded. And then, and then, what did you say? It was a motorcycle I said, accident? No, I said it was a ritualistic. <laughs> Tribal scarring or oh, something Oh yeah, that's right And then I looked it up And the answer was lupus Yeah, <laughs> apparently it was lupus But this is like, you know, it's from that pre-internet era And it just shows you how like the rumor mill of society worked yeah. When like, you know, before you could just look anything up Yeah, you didn't fact check You anything. were just like, if two people said something You're like, oh, that's what it is That's, that's the truth then. No, I asked Dan And Dan asked his brother And his brother also confirmed That it was an yeah. acid attack So therefore, that's what it is You know, it was the best version of that it was um, if you went to arcades as a kid It was just lies Yeah kids in there yeah, if you do that, you, you can turn to Shang Tsung, and then if you, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, yeah. you can play as Will Smith, like NBA Jam was the best for that. Yeah, or there was a thing with, like, uh, in high school, the rumors of behind, like, you know, there was always some girl that had a hot dog rumor. <laughs> like, everybody I know in high school, there was some girl that was hot dog girl. Yeah, I knew a hot dog girl. And it was like, she, a hot dog broke off in oh. there! And it was like, she had to go to the doctor! What did she do to deserve that rumor? I know. And it was like... It's the most degrading It was always one. just like the most like socially awkward, like not... Like just a nice girl that yeah. just like other people just decided... Look, teenagers are the worst. <laughs> They'll just no decide better. to destroy somebody's life. I was no better. You know what? Get Jan... What was her name? Jan Terry, man. <laughs> Jan Terry wouldn't take that kind of thing. Jan Terry was a teacher at that school. Jan Terry <laughs> believed in herself. <laughs> she was afraid of losing you. <laughs> All right. I'm going to show... Uh, we were talking about Warp Tour. Bat I'm, boat. I'm going to show you the worst of Warp Tour. Okay. This band is called Attack Attack. This style of music... Is Tony from my band's favorite? Ironically, I'm assuming it's called Crabcore because of their stances. Crabcore. <laughs> and is it also because it looks like they all came from crabbing money? <laughs> yeah, all their dads were this successful like boat rural. crabbers. This is very rural. Yeah. By the way, if your if your hardcore band has a keyboard player, yeah, that go seems fuck weird. Yourself. A two deck keyboard too, <laughs> not just like a single synth. It's like a double. Gotta get those high notes. Yeah. Oh, cool. So auto tune and auto tune. You know, of all the styles of music, at, see that choreographed dance move. Why did they flip the guitars behind their head? Did you see these guys on the slopes when you were into snowboarding? Yeah, probably. Look at that move. That, that like, crouching move. What is that? <laughs> these guys are just really into squats. Yeah. Good core, I guess. You yeah, know? I guess so. I also love that it's just, like, they have the exact same uniform on. 
That being the exact same haircut. You'd think with all those black spots, V-neck. they wouldn't have all those love handles. Yeah. Ripped Levi's, black V-neck. Mm-hmm. Long hair. You know, I, I actually don't hate that they're auto-tuning it, because that's the only part of, like, hardcore that I was like, I don't know what they're saying. Yeah. You know? Mm-hmm. This was, like, after... This was the genre after the stuff you liked, I think. Yeah. This was the branch. Like, it split mm-hmm. and kind of went to, like... Like, where does Good Charlotte land? That's, like, post, that's post-Warp that's post Tour. That They were a big Warp Tour staple early on, though. They were, like... Um, they were contemporaries of Blink-182. I think they got signed because of Blink-182. That makes and sense. And they were also the theme... Why is his guitar almost on the ground? <laughs> Just stand up, hey, man! Hey, man, remember undergrads? <laughs> yeah. Oh, this is part. What is this doing in the middle of this? What is going on? <laughs> it's turned into a Richard Simmons video. <laughs> I mean, you can get why this this is where Skrillex came from, right? It was like this style. Well, Skrillex was in a band called From First to Last that were like... A pretty legit heavy band, like sort of Deftones and stuff like that. Yeah, Skrillex is a talented dude. He, I mean, he kind of created that whole yeah club dubstep. dubstep trend. Yeah, like I don't know if he invented it, but he definitely made it kind of household. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Attack Attack is the only band ever voted off of Warped Tour by the other bands. Really? Them and this band called Broken Side. <laughs> Why were they voted off? Broken Side are just. Um, have you heard of Broken Side? No. Broken Side are like the the most posery white boy. So they're like the SR seventy one. Yeah, exactly. Like, um, I'm, we're gonna get letters of people being like, you know, SR seventy one's legit, bro. <laughs> they're like the snow of this. Um, fake shark goes on me. What is this? Old version, my Ben played with these guys once. This looks like an SNL sketch. <laughs> I know. That looks like the guy from, uh... What the hell's that actor's name? Uh... He was on that doctor show, Scrubs. He was on Scrubs. Oh, um... Oh, man, what's his name? I'll look it up. Zach Braff. Zach Braff. He looks like Zach Braff. (laughs) Is Zach Braff exclusively shopped at Hot Topic? Yeah. Oh anyway, my God. These guys were voted off of World Tour. Yeah, I can imagine. They should be rude. voted off the planet. <laughs> <laughs> can we vote them into the sun? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> vote them into the sun. <laughs> Your rudimentary elements could be being compressed right now into something more valuable, such as argon or helium. We'll tell them that they're on that that mission to Mars thing that's happening. Yeah. But then we'll just send them to the sun instead. <laughs> bait and switch. Yeah, the old bait and switch. <laughs> You're going to the sun. Yeah. Where you you got to go on Conan. That's right, I did. That was fun. Thank you for coming. Thank you so much for allowing me. Of course. Me Dino. Yeah, that was super fun. Yeah. Because I, I needed you there to confirm that I did not bomb. <laughs> hey, you know what's crazy is I just heard... A couple other comics about doing Conan for the first time. Yeah. Neil Brennan. And he was like, a minute into my set, he was like, am I bombing? But I think what it is, is that, okay, first of all, so Ivan just did Conan. 
and I was I was with him there. But it's so quiet in there. Well, yeah, and it makes sense when you think about it afterwards. You're like, oh yeah, of course they're not gonna mic. Yeah, because it's it's the sound. It's way harder to edit sound if you've yeah. got another. Especially since there's all those hanging mics just for the crowd. Yeah. So. Conan and you and Rain Wilson and, and everyone weren't mic'd in the room. Yeah. You were mic'd to be recorded for TV. Yeah. But it was really quiet in there. And so... There's no playback. Yeah. So I think as a result of that, the crowd ends up being really polite. Mm-hmm. So they were really quiet. But it... But you, like, you did kill. You got three applause breaks. Yeah. It was a really fun set. Which is rare on a show like that you know what I mean so they were they were enjoying it but they're also being polite but but it's crazy I, yeah Neil Brennan was like he felt like he was just bombing and then yeah. I remember who he was talking to was also like yeah I thought I was bombing on there too and then it's just like oh that's just how it goes on this kind of show you know mm-hmm. so but man like there's also a very fun little easter egg in there where I get thrown off by one of those pause breaks because I was not <laughs> expecting it oh yeah and I I didn't know what to do mm-hmm. to acknowledge the applause break, but I knew I shouldn't talk over it. Yeah. So I just stopped talking mm-hmm. until they were done clapping. And then I said, thank you. But I said it. I was like, I said, thank you. but I didn't want to be all big. Like, oh, thank you. Because I wasn't sure that like, no, maybe that applause break isn't going to make it to the final edit. <laughs> yeah. So I just went in between. And what I chose to do is to just say thank you extremely quietly into the (laughs) microphone so if you watch my clip and you turn the volume up yeah after the first applause break you can hear me go thank you (laughs) and it's very embarrassing (laughs) well now everyone's gonna be looking for it yeah and i love that about you sure (laughs) little easter eggs you know what's so funny about it was um like it, I, I kind of know how you feel a little bit, I think, because at least for shows like the first time I played an arena, mm-hmm. I waited my whole life to do play an arena, and then I played the first arena I played was in Winnipeg, the MTS Center. Oh yeah, it's like ten thousand people. Yeah, and after it was done, it was like that's it, right? It's yeah, like my whole life yeah. I wanted this, and now I just had it. Yeah, and you do it, and then you're like, okay, now what do I do? Yeah, and it, I mean, I, guess I could speak probably you. lose some weight. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to speak for you, but there there must be like. Maybe there's like an element of that because remember, like after after you did that, we went and had dinner at the hotel you were staying at. Yeah, and we were just like, "Whoa, like that's crazy that just happened." Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things that like I felt like I was in shock about it for like months after because it was like yeah. that all happened and then it was just like the holidays, like it was yeah, you know, Christmas time. Yeah, and so then that whole like I kind of just disappeared into that right. for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only now am I like back out touring and stuff mm-hmm. and like seeing comics that I haven't seen since I did it and they're all like treating me differently and it's weird. Really? <laughs> well, not really that differently. But it's like, I forget that it was it was a huge deal, mm-hmm. you know? Well, I mean... It, and the then lo- there's, there's a lot of people that will try to diminish it, mm-hmm. which has happened too. There's certain comedians that would were like... Oh, well, yeah, I mean, I know a lot of people that did it, and it's not a big deal. And I'm like, yeah, like, I don't know if you're trying to be polite or what's happening right now. You're trying to be too cool for school, I think. But, yeah, or even just, like, there's an element of jealousy of, like, well, why didn't I do it? So that's why I'm going to act like what you did isn't... Well, it doesn't matter. Which is so fucking transparent. Yeah, I know. It's so obvious, and it it just... But it also, like, you know, still kind of hurts my feelings that people aren't just happy for me. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So you're supposed to be my friend. I know, exactly. But it's... It is a huge achievement. 
Yeah, well, thank you. I mean, gr- like, you know, I love Conan, so I was like 11. Yeah. And I'm sure you did, too. Yeah. He's, he was a writer on The Fucking Simpsons. So just, I mean, the coolest part about watching that was I was able to watch Conan react to your jokes. Yeah, which and it was is like, oh, he laughed at retroactively or um, re- reverse engineer tacos. Like, I loved seeing what he laughed at. Yeah. You know, he, which I wish I could have seen. <laughs> <laughs> I should have filmed him instead of you. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. But he wrote for the Harvard Lampoon like he is a comedy specialist. Yeah. And getting the nod from him and having him say he wants to have you back is the coolest thing. Yeah, it's very cool. It really kind of, you know, mm-hmm. gives me the uh, the impetus to keep going. Of course. Because a lot of times, especially in art, and especially now, mm-hmm. where everything is measurable. Yeah. You know, people place their value solely on like Twitter likes, retweets, views. Yeah. And I think if we've learned anything Mm -hmm. from those platforms, it is that that doesn't equate good. To success at all. Or even just quality product. No. You know, the amount of like retweets you'll see from a stupid meme that's just like <laughs> you know when you get up at night and you stub your toe whoppa whop and it's like a picture of a guy's face like toe stub I want you to just explain <laughs> memes from now on that's, that's gold yeah and like that is like the funniest thing in the world yeah. and then I make like a very poignant observation about a specific facet of adult life and uh-huh. people are like mm, no thanks yeah it's like Chelsea Peretti on her Twitter account she's so funny but her pinned tweet, which has the most retweets, is just a picture of a grilled cheese sandwich. Yeah. Which I think is kind of her protest to her yeah. material versus what is popular on the internet. Well, that's like my biggest, my most successful tweet of all time was just a picture of when my girlfriend pre-ordered a banana at Starbucks. <laughs> so it's just a banana with a sticker that has her name on it. <laughs> And it was a dollar. And it was like, I was like, welcome to the future. My girlfriend pre-ordered a banana. (laughs) That's hilarious. (laughs) But that was like, I think it's because it has the visual element as well as the... the, Yeah. Like, stand-up and comedy itself is a different form than than static words on the internet. So you can't... So it's just nice to get something like that, like Conan, which is a very good milestone for me to kind of say like, okay, yeah, I've I've kind of Mm -hmm. written at least... Four good jokes. <laughs> You've lost my than life. That. Yeah, you Let's definitely can write des- a few more. <laughs> definitely deserved it, man. You did, you did great on there. It was so cool seeing Rain Wilson come over after and be like, "Man, you're so funny!" Like, yeah, it was nice. It was very nice of him. Mm-hmm. It was awesome. Yeah, it was definitely uh, one of the greatest experiences in my life. Yeah, here's hoping there are more. <laughs> I mean, next to doing this podcast, this is thank the best. you. Yeah, episode three, <laughs> pretty good. Pretty good so far. Okay, I have one more video I want to show you. Okay. These guys, I don't even know how to say their name. They're these German people, and they're a prototypical Deantward. And their videos bother me more than Deantward. And their quality of music bothers me more than Deantward. What is this? I mean, this guy's pretty good. Yeah, I like him. Just wait till you see his t-shirt. Also, he has like a crossing guard vest on, which I like. <laughs> yes. And a flat top. Important yeah. to be safe when you're riding a moped or whatever In it front is. of a green screen. <laughs> yeah. Of the beach. This was just made like in somebody's... Like, it's clearly not even moving. Yeah. 
See what I mean though? It's kind of like weird kind of gothy guy. Yeah. Kind, like hot girl with him. Yeah. It's rap kind of. Garfield t-shirt. Love that. Pretty good. Like why Foley the sound of him drinking his Mike's Heart <laughs> I mean, nobody really knows what's going on in the mind of the Germans. Exactly. Every time the Germans do something, I always think, like, is this the worst thing ever, or are they geniuses? <laughs> yeah, because they don't know. They got the most Nobel Prizes out of any country. Really? Was so, this video one of them? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> Should be. Tutankhamun <laughs> won a Nobel Prize for flat top. Um... Also, this video is seven minutes long. I mean, some of this is all like... Are you a fan of the talking heads? Love talking heads. Yeah, I love them too. However, I downloaded recently like an anthology. Okay. You know, so it's like 30 tracks. Because I was like, I have... There's like the five songs that are popular that I really enjoy. Mm -hmm. And then there's like a few other deep cuts that are good, and I was like, maybe I can discover more yeah. Talking Head songs that are good. Mm -hmm. And then you go listen to like a lot of their other stuff, and that, those other tracks, the Talking Heads tracks that are not popular, like the deep cuts that you have not heard, mm -hmm. that I have had not heard, and that people listening have not heard, mm -hmm. could be assembled into a case study <laughs> of exactly how much confidence cocaine gives you. <laughs> <laughs> like, it is literally just people trying, like, just selling it, Yeah. and it is nothing. Yeah. Like, it's not, none of this is good. You're just shouting, yep. and there's some noise. <laughs> Devo has a lot of tracks like that, too. Yeah, totally. Just experimental for the sake of being experimental. But it was just like, okay, we get it. You're, yeah. You have access to some pretty good drugs, and yeah. you feel pretty good about it. <laughs> And I'm happy for you guys. But it's just I'm like I'm not gonna listen to this hot garbage. Yeah, yeah. But I can't possibly do it. <laughs> There's no. I don't. I don't even know what kind of mood or substance I would have to be involved with or be in. Yeah. To just sit there and like really vibe with that. Like Maybe. I don't. Like even this. What are you gonna? Who's putting this on and then just sitting like? Yeah. Like this guy, maybe? Like, if I was driving a car, and this came on, mm -hmm. I would drive it into a bus stop full yeah. of people. Hopefully Germans. <laughs> like, if this was, like, my radio was stuck on this, and I was just, like, sober, like, on my way to work, yeah. I would be like, well, it's time to end it all. <laughs> this is what my life's come to? I think the, the appropriate time to listen to something like this and really think it's quality is right after your wisdom teeth come out. <laughs> yeah, when you're on, like, heavy barbiturates. When you're on date rape drugs. <laughs> safely in your house by yourself. Yeah. They should play this to people who are, like, undergoing surgery just so that it'll never trigger anything else from, like... Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, I want to brainwash someone with this video. <laughs> Much in the way I've been brainwashed by it. Just pry their eyes so I'm open. I'm not so alone. <laughs> I also like he's wearing a Garfield t-shirt over a collared long sleeve dress shirt. With the sleeves rolled up. Mike's yep. Hard Lemonade. White kid gloves. Crossing guard vest. Flat top. And then like this weird 
you know, cop friend with like long he's nails like a, and elf ears. Yeah, he's like an elf. I think that's a cop. Yeah, Polizia pulled over. I think I don't know, maybe. But now the cops just grooving with him. You know what the weirdest part of the video is in the song is the bed, all of it <laughs> bed creaking sample that keeps happening. Oh yeah. What are you, oh, the vest is what coming off. Doing. <laughs> You know what I love about, um, I love that the, our text conversations you and I have <laughs> always come back to quoting Paul F. Tompkins. Yeah, it'll just be a Paul F. Tompkins joke from Impersonal. I think my favorite one ever is the peanut brittle joke, and then I saw somewhere that that was rated best joke of all time. Yeah, there was like a humorist did like a... <laughs> yeah. I don't think so. I think the two best jokes of all time are Brian Regan, both Brian Regan. Really? Um, the UPS joke... And the hearing test joke. Oh, I know the hearing test one. They're both, in my opinion, like absolutely perfectly crafted, well told. Also, Ryan Hamilton's hot air balloon joke. I'll put that up there too. Wow. It's one of the best jokes ever. I'm trying to remember what the UPS joke is. The one about him calling, being like, I have 10 boxes. We need to know the weight and the girth. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Too stupid to talk to you. <laughs> and then he just does like the whole act out of him calling back. Like, yeah, I have ten boxes. No, I'm another guy. Like <laughs> it's great. very, very good. He must be an influence on you. Oh, absolutely. But only like probably when I was like five years in. Yeah. Like my influences when I first started were just Jerry Seinfeld, mm -hmm. Chris Rock, and Dave Chappelle. Wow. I, it's interesting because you have moments on stage that remind me a little bit of Pete Holmes, but I actually think it's that you're both influenced by Brian Regan. Yeah. You That's know? the thing, too, is like you can be kind of, if you share similar influences to somebody, you'll have a similar style. Yeah. I like that he's kind of getting his shine now because of all these comedians who look up to him that have a spotlight. Like Joe Rogan's talking about him all the time and had him Pete? on the show. No, Brian Regan. Oh, yeah. Like, Brian Regan deserves to be one of the most famous comics in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. And I was actually quite pleased. The other night, I did a corporate gig, and the person who mm -hmm. was sort of the event coordinator, that people will always ask me, like, who are your influences? Yeah. And I'll respond with a bunch of names, and they'll be like, I don't know who those people are. Like, I'll say, like, John Mulaney, Pete Holmes, right. Ryan Hamilton... And they'll be like, you're like Hobson. Who? <laughs> I say Hobson. <laughs> he does great accent work. <laughs> but I said Brian Regan, and he knew who he was. Wow. So I was like pretty happy about that. I'm so impressed with that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was funny because everybody should. Anybody who likes stand up should be like, you gotta. If you don't, if you've not seen him, yeah. You know. You know. You know. What's funny is I showed my mom Anthony Jeselnik just yeah. to see what she'd say. Yeah. And she loved it. Wow. She loved his Eric Clapton joke, like. You know that one? No. Where he's like, uh, I used to have a son. He died for the same reason Eric Clapton's son died, for inspiration. <laughs> my mom loved it. <laughs> and then afterwards, <laughs> my mom's 50. Yeah. She's pretty, kind of a young mom. She was like, it's just nice to see that he's not so safe. It was like, you think that? Yeah. That sucks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know? When a 50-year-old lady is like, everybody's too safe. Yeah. Like, yeah. 50 year old woman is the poster person. It's the straw man yeah. for safety. Totally. That everybody, like, will artificially. Yeah. So it's really nice. That's cool, right? And Your mom she, sounds awesome. She is awesome. She loves Bill Burr. Yeah. <laughs> He's great. He is great. People have told. Somebody told me recently that I was like a Bill Burr combined with. 
oh, who was the other one? It was like some silly comedian. But they were like, you're like, you have silly ideas, mm-hmm. but you're passionate like Bill Burr. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, you're you're kind of a combination of a lot of great comics, but it's it's. But I not, think that's like any artist. Yeah, any artist is an amalgamation of their influences. So it is kind of a one of the tragedies of art is that people will immediately try to label mm-hmm. people into yeah. who they're similar to, like qualify them. Yeah, kind of take their origin- originality. Like, oh, away. they're just like this person. But that's the cool thing about like hip hop, for instance. There was this battle rapper in the 80s and his name was Melly Mel. And he said, hip hop didn't invent anything, but it reinvented everything. Yeah. And that just goes to show that they were taking influence from all the things they like. And why not take the best parts of all these other things and make your own thing? Like yeah. That's what I try and do when I make music and things like that. And yeah. I imagine when you hear a great premise, you're, you think like, well, I... I wouldn't have done that with it. This is probably where I would have gone. And, yeah. then, and then there you are. You have a new thing that you could try. Yeah, you know? exactly. And that's why I always feel like people get too, like, uh, you know, they get bent out of shape about premises in comedy. Like, right. Well, you can't do a joke about that because yeah. this person has a joke about that. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just a topic. Yeah. If the punchlines are the same, then yes. Exactly. It's the same material. Yeah. But if two people have a joke about high school Mm -hmm. you can't be like you're stealing from him like hey you know what (laughs) everybody went to high school yeah it's so general like it's like i have a joke you know say somebody else does a joke about microwave ovens and someone's like you know ivan has a joke about microwaves you know that this other person's doing a joke about microwaves i'm like yeah i don't care That's fine. Is yeah. it my joke word for word? No? Yeah. Then I don't care. I can't believe they'd even say that. Let me see their take on it. Okay, it's different than mine. Yeah. Great. I don't care. Yeah. You know, like think about how many comedians have a joke about the bus. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or it's the just airport. A thing, you know, and there's or the airport or all that. Like it's mm-hmm. there's so many elements to each activity. And the reason why comics talk about, and I think music too, mm-hmm. these musical themes that will always come up, which are like, you know, if you take pop music yeah. There's like five themes. It was like, I want you back. Mm-hmm. I'm better than the person you're dating. Yep. Uh, I was too scared to talk to you. Mm-hmm. We're together, but I don't feel like we should be. All relatable things. Yeah, and it's all, but it's like, that's kind of the, that's why comedy is like mostly about relationships, yeah. right. sex, your parents, yeah. growing up, exercise. Yeah. You know, like I talk about the gym. People criticize my Conan set because I talk about the gym. Mm hmm. I'm like, well, that's a thing that everybody does, you yeah. know, going to the doctor. Like, you can't, I'm not going to do specific comedy about like, hey, you know, you're trying to install a new solid state hard drive <laughs> in your tower PC and you want to put the operating system on a different solid state so it'll boot quicker. Yeah. Y'all know what I'm talking about? <laughs> no, nobody fucking does. You know, when you do go a to joke an arena something that to everybody understands. the best League of Legends players <laughs> get together, you know, that super common thing. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's not, you can't just do jokes. And it's like these sort of celebrity comedians Mm -hmm. will have the benefit of being able to have the perception of doing that because they can talk about something specific to their life. But the only reason that you know that specific thing is because you're a fan of them. Yep. So you're able to do that. You know, and so it's like this perceived uh, singular reference. But it's not. It's just you know because you're their fan and so then they're talking about themselves and even if you break it down like you can take a joke that somebody might think is like about 
something so specific and then it'll wind up just being a jerk off joke in the end. Then yeah, yeah. Like you'll cycle it all back. Something relatable in to the end. Something that everybody does. So there are you are limited on topics, which is why people are always like again, that whole thing of like, you know, don't don't talk, don't joke about things that everybody has joked about. I'm like, well if you want to take that <laughs> all the way back, like Yeah. If you read the collected works of William Shakespeare, that's every Yeah goddamn movie that's exactly. ever been made yeah any relationship between two people he yeah. pretty much knocked it out <laughs> we're all just a bunch of shakespeare's out here yeah yeah you're you're a real othello about this whole thing <laughs> quit being such a montague about everything all the time yeah um cool man well thanks for being on my podcast hey dude. no problem just remember everybody art is cyclical <laughs> yeah everything's coming back yeah relax it's about the person, not the subject matter. Yeah. It's yeah. the point of view. Oh, and thank you for being in a fake shark video as Corey Marshall January. Hey, also. that was my... Oh, are you kidding me? That was a dream of mine. <laughs> I'm I hoping showed, there's a spinoff. I showed that video to Abdul Aziz, and he's like, that name's perfect. <laughs> yeah, it is a perfect name. I basically just wanted to do that video, which I directed, so I could come up with all the stupid names for all the characters. <laughs> it was very Mr. Showy, you know? Yeah, but I loved like all the characters that made the appearance, like Rolling Man. <laughs> that was the first one I came up with. What was the one? Ghost? There was a ghost? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, in the bottom right corner, there'd be like spin-off TV shows of all the characters, and the ghosts was Get an Afterlife. Yeah. <laughs> so many good jokes. I hate to say it, but there was good jokes Yeah, that, in that video, video is great. Thanks, man. That is a great video. And a great song. Thanks, man. Yeah, you walk out to something special sometimes. Yeah, I do. I, I did a whole tour where that was my walk-up music. I love that, man. Thanks for doing that. Oh, it's great. And then you, you've performed with Fake Shark a couple times, too. I have. I love that band. Thank you, man. I appreciate it, dude. Well, thanks for being on. Hey, no problem. Thank you. Okay. That's it, sweet babies. That's it, my little honey gophers. I want to thank Ivan Decker for coming on. Check out his album. I want it to be a dinosaur. It's really funny. He performs in and around Vancouver all the time. Uh, He'll be at Just for Laughs uh, Northwest this uh, coming in a couple weeks, actually. He's doing some shows opening for some big comics there. And he's become a really big comic himself, and he totally deserves it because he's so talented and works so hard. And he's a good dude. Um, so check him out, Ivan Decker. And then uh, next, I re- oh man, I realized I forgot to show him fucking Slapshot Rock. Nicholas Stern was not represented in this episode, and that is a mistake on my behalf. I'd like to apologize to you, the listener, and also to Nicholas Stern. But next week, I have beautiful, sultry, sexy Matthew V, pop singer. He's going to be on the next episode, and I'm definitely going to show him. Nicholas Stern and I have a feeling that someone's finally going to agree with me that he's good looking. Okay, thank you very much. Have a good week. Yeah. Contact, call back. Fight a sin where the land is marked at. Settle the dispute about who the live is. Free world answer, whoever survived this. Only one of us could ride forever, so you and I can't ride together. Can't live or can't die together. Always.